Hello and welcome to another edition of Interview with DJ Nocturna. If you're watching on my YouTube channel, please like, subscribe, and share, and comment if you like this video. Well, my guest, and I've been waiting to do this for a while, is an international latex burlesque performer and artist. She just released her solo music career, releasing her two singles, Deadly, late 2021, and her latest one called The Gun. Please welcome the sensuous, beautiful, and the baddest of the bad, Ashley Bad. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know, I just love your name, Ashley Bad. It's, it matches so much, you know. I mean, you gotta be bad, <laughs> badass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks, yeah, it's something that I, I chose in high school and be careful what the type of name you choose when you're a kid because it'll just get stuck with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> and isn't, isn't that true? You know, when I, when I got my BJ name, Nocturna, Mm-hmm. I, was thinking, I was thinking of all these different names to do call myself. And I, um, I pondered with so many. There was one I, I think I wanted to do called Riga Mortis. And they go, you don't want to be called Riga Mortis. You're going to be stuck forever, you know, stuck in a position. <laughs> I go, that's true. I better not do that. So I figured, how about Nocturna? And then I think it was a friend of mine and my brother. We kind of collaborated in the name. And I go, yeah, I'm all, I love the night. I go, totally. So now I can only play at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I that's love true. that. <laughs> I think Nocturna is a very pretty one. I I also had like another name that I chose, like Lilith Laudanum. It was the most goth thing oh, I, I could that. come up with. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love Ashley Bad. It totally matches your name, and it's so easy to, to say and to remember. So it's Thank a good you. it's a good name. So I I know you just launched your solo music career and with two singles on Cleopatra Records, which I just love to play. But before that, you know, before all of this, I know you started out as an international latex burlesque performer and you've been very successful at that. Can you tell us about how that all began? So uh, I started out um, just as any other person that was in the scene. I was going out clubbing underage and uh, I was trying to escape like a suburban lifestyle. I grew up in New Jersey, 15 minutes over the George Washington Bridge. And all I wanted to do was just escape to nightlife. I felt very out of place. Um, It was an all girls Catholic Academy. So I just wanted to break free of that. And I always wanted to be an artist. I always had an interest in in making music and um, Uh, the crowd that I was, this very tiny crowd that I was running with was the only two goth girls in school. Um, So we were trying to escape this lifestyle because there's no individuality um, when you're in a school where you have to wear uniforms. So um, the seed was planted very young, you know, um, days of the later days of MTV, what was left of MTV and alternative music, you know, watching bands like Nine Inch Nails and Skinny Puppy and wanting to be a part of that lifestyle. So it's, it started, I was very young. I was about, I mean, I was about 18 when I was sneaking into clubs. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another where I um, started to see women in tight latex clothing out in clubs. Um, I was dating a guy who was an event producer in New York City. So I was exposed to all of these different amazing clubs. And I just saw all these beautiful women in outfits that I had only seen on MTV. So I started to talk to different designers and I said, I'd like to be a part of this. How do I become a part of this? So I 
did a little bit of modeling here and there, but of course I was really young. I was unknown and I was working really hard to try to be a part of it. Um, and I ended up getting a job with one of the designers just as a crafter. So she said she just happened to also be in New Jersey where she did her designs. The company's called Latex Nemesis. This was a couple years after me um, getting a little bit older. I was like, about 20 at this point, 21. And I was just like really lucky to have met her. And she introduced me to the whole latex scene and I started to craft. I started to make and design outfits. Um, and I worked for her for a few years. And one thing led to another where I was like, wow, I have this really amazing skill. I want to put it towards performance. So I was designing and making latex clothing. Mm -hmm. I was being referred to other designers in New York City. Um, I was putting together outfits and I decided, well, this is the perfect opportunity to apply it to dancing. So that went into creating burlesque performances. So that was the next phase of my life doing burlesque and um, traveling with my partner at the time who was producing events, um, which gave, which opened up a lot of opportunities for me. So we would travel together and I would do burlesque shows in different places and slowly kind of move up the ladder of, you know, being the opening act to being, you know, the headliner in burlesque clubs. And mm -hmm. after that, you know, I, I actually had a really bad knee injury. So I was out of commission for several months. I had two different knee surgeries on my left knee, which let me, left me bedridden. And, um, my boyfriend at the time said, well, why don't you, you've been wanting to learn how to make music and, uh, you know, you like to write. There are all these different elements that you're really curious about. Why don't, why don't you take this time now to learn? So he set me up with my computer, my leg propped up and he taught me how to use reason, um, machine. He gave me a small MIDI keyboard. Mm -hmm. And from there, I, I want to say this was like 2012, 2013, I just started to make music. I started to write. I started to create small beats. And uh, I kept a lot of these songs hidden. And I didn't do much with them until quite a few years later. So a lot of people didn't know that I had been writing music. I've been doing a little bit of DJing for fun. But uh, it wasn't until about two years ago now when I had broken up with that partner moved to LA for Lords of acid doing burlesque for Lords of acid. And I showed a lot of my music to Mark and he was like, this is really good. This is actually very good. And he helped me finish a lot of these songs. He was really an amazing producer. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and it was like one thing led to another. And this is how it all started to come together over the past couple of years of me finishing, finishing these songs and putting them out. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I know we met at the you I, I met you and Mark at the, the Darkness in Hollywood event at St. Felix in Los Angeles. And uh, that's such a, that was an awesome event. And you did such a great performance as well. You know, your set and everything. Thank you. Like, oh, she, she I know she performs for Lords of Acid. I didn't know she was also a DJ. So that's that's amazing. I didn't I didn't even know that you wrote your own stuff, too, as well. And early on. That, that's yeah. Amazing. For a while, um, before I decided to put out any music, before working with Mark, um, 
I was working kind of side by side with my ex-partner who was a DJ. So of course he taught me how to DJ and I was applying occasionally like live beats. I would be playing live beats with a controller while he was DJing or while I was DJing. So I was, um, was doing that for, for a few years. Yeah. But I was doing DJ gigs, only small things here and there because I was doing it for fun. It wasn't my truest passion I think that there are a lot more um, talented people like yourself who do this for oh, a living. Yeah. And for me and for Mark, it's it's more like just just for fun, you yeah. know? Well, you, you got so many different talents. I mean, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I know you were also uh, performing for the voluptuous horror of Karen Black. Yes. And yes. That's, uh, that's just so amazing. Did you know that I, I used to play their music? I still do. Uh, but I, when I first, uh, you know, I, I love their name, the voluptuous horror of Karen Me Black. Me too. <laughs> Kembra, right? Uh, the founder. Yeah, Kembra. Kembra Fowler. Yeah. 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 She she is totally amazing. And I know she she's a visionary and she she saw that in you. Um, she really she was actually the first person to tell me I should start a band. Um so she's a huge influence on me, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I saw her play a show. It must have been 2010 or 2011 at Webster Hall. And she made an announcement on stage uh, during her show. And she said, Ed, would, if anyone, man or woman, wants to be a part of the voluptuous horror of Karen Black, you can be. Find me. Talk to me. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. Uh, I did everything I could to try to talk to her. And I, I told her that she was such a big inspiration of mine. And she said, yes, she actually said yes. When I found her like after a show and um, it was so exciting for me because she has this um, theory that she follows. It's like her philosophy called availableism, making use of what's available to her. And that's something that I've done for years because when I was a kid, you know, not having much money and, you know, I, I didn't know how to create. I always felt like, well, how am I supposed to create something without nothing? Um, she would literally just take what was near her as inspiration. It didn't matter what it was. She she created something from, you know, she could be inspired by the glass that's sitting here or one of the pins on my jacket and she could make something out of nothing, whether she would build it, you know, out of, she would fabricate it out of, you know, paper and plastic and whatever it took. And she would talk to the people that she knew she would have her friends help her. And uh, that's something that I really still stand behind just yes. because you don't have what other people have, who maybe have more money and more access. You do actually have a lot around you. And I love that theory. Yeah, she was definitely a visionary. I mean, just as the whole the whole um, ambiance that she put out with the band and just the whole concept. And, you yeah. know, Finding other women. She's a strong woman. She I is. Think. And she's very Iranian. She's she's really out there. And that's what you get. That's what it takes, you know, to inspire other women. And I and yeah. I really, I really commend her and you for doing this. And you know, she was called the godmother of modern day shock art or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think she called herself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I love Karen it's, Black. You know, it's the actress. funny because so. I don't I don't find her shocking. It's like the mass media calls her shocking, you know. Yeah. Mostly because when That's she so performs awesome. with the girls, you know, we're we're naked, but not really, because once we paint our bodies, it, you don't feel naked. It doesn't look naked. It truly is a form of art. 
Um, so I, I, you know, it's kind of silly that the press calls or that, but that's just, that's mainstream yeah. media, you know? Totally. So. You know, I don't, I don't know if you ever, um, you know, when I think of her and I think of all these women who are really out there, very unique and different, like Nina Hagen and mm-hmm. Wanda Gallis, you know, I think about this, this movie that came out back in the, in the eighties and you, and you're, you being, uh, raised in New York, you know, it, it was called Mondo, New York. I don't know if you ever saw this movie. It was a movie. It came out in VHS back in the day. I had it mm-hmm. in VHS. I had a friend who worked in a record store here named Keith Craven. He gave me the, the CD back in it. They had a, a music video and the whole it was directed by Harvey Keith. It was um, it was a documentary on New York um, artists, like mm-hmm. underground, underground artists who came on and perform you know, this unique acts of stuff, you know, there was there was a, a band called Dean and the Weenies and um, Phoebe Laguerre. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but it was an amazing video. I don't even know if that's ever, ever, I haven't, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I, I should I should send you the link to one of her the video. It's just amazing. I mean, I, I wish I could still get that on uh, on VHS. It's on, it was on I mean, on uh, I wish I can have it on uh, DVD because it was in VHS and I don't even know if it's around anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. The New York underground music scene and the whole club kids scene is such a huge influence on me. And it's like, you know, I, I was very lucky to kind of be raised by like the best society of artists that I could possibly think of. You know, it's just so much creativity comes out in New York. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I know you're also performing and I know it's coming up. There's a concert, right? There's a performance with Lords of Acid coming up. Yeah, uh, we are still waiting on the dates. Uh, There's supposed to be a tour happening, a national tour, but because of the pandemic, it keeps getting pushed ahead further and further. So, yeah, so we're still waiting on those rescheduled dates. Yeah. So how how did you get into that, into the into the Lords of Acid, you know, performing for the band? Um, so that was accidental. I had met Pragakan and his wife a couple times in New York City, uh, but hadn't gotten to know them until Mark was referred to them through a friend, actually, mm-hmm. and ended up, you know, just through a referral, getting oh, the gig. Yeah. And he mentioned my name. He said, you know, uh, my partner, it does burlesque if you'd like to meet her. So we ended up um, meeting them in London. I went to go see Mark there while he was touring with the wonder stuff. And yeah, and they liked what I was about and they liked my shows. So I ended up getting the gig. Yeah. Yeah. I always love the lust album. I sit on yeah, me too. 80s. Uh, that was like I still play it. <laughs> I still play yeah. it. I love everything on that whole. I, I mean, I love them. The whole band. It's just a great, uh, very influential for me as well. So same here. Same here. Uh, I I really love um, you know the overt sexuality of Lords of Acid, and I because I I love a woman who owns her sexuality, and I oh, like yeah. that um, Maurice Pragakan gave you know all these amazing singers this platform and this kind of opportunity to do that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm so grateful for them as well. You know, just putting out the uniqueness and the the incredible music that comes out during that period, growing up and listening to that and playing it now, you know. Yeah. So now you you release your solo music career, releasing mm-hmm. Deadly uh, on Cleopatra Records. That came out like late last year. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, late last year, as in a few months ago, came out this past November. So yes, technically last year. Mm-hmm. 
And what was the inspiration behind that Deadly? So the inspiration behind Deadly, it's kind of a funly, funny story. Um, I wanted to create a, a goth song originally. Um, and I had written the, I had written the music for it and I had Mark transpose it onto guitar and mm -hmm. it started sounding very, very the cure. It was very uh, traditional and I wanted something a little bit fresher. We ended up going, you know what, this is, this is very, very old school and we kind of want to bring it more into modern times. So um, we reworked it and made it a bit more electronic. So it kind of had more of this new Gothic feel to it. And I wanted it to be a bit dancier as well. And uh, during that time, actually during the entire pandemic, which is now stretched over a span of two years, um, we had really gotten hardcore into film noir. And uh, I'd always been a film noir fan, but I had never had a partner who was also feeding into it and who loved the same kind of music as I did and the same kind of movies, I should say. So I actually, from mo moving from New York, which is a very um, film noir -y kind of place, it's very dark city, and then moving to LA, which also is a huge, an even bigger influence on film noir, I just really immersed myself into the whole genre. Yeah. And uh, we were watching films like Scarlet Street and Out of the Past and Detour. We were watching a lot of Fritz Lang's films, um, lots of tech noirs like Dark City, Blade Runner, which are all film noirs. Mm -hmm. And uh, while while making the song, I something just clicked and I said, you know what? This is something that heavily influences me and it's dark. And this is a small little niche area that I feel like no one else is touching. So when I wrote this song, that's what I was inspired by. I was inspired by the film Kiss Me Deadly. Oh, yeah. It's a great, so, great song. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it comes straight out of all of these films that I've been watching and that I'm a fanatic of. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally can see that. And then the, now the, the, the second single, The Gun, was just released a, a few days ago, a few days ago. And I know that we have an MGT pistol mix, which I really like. Uh, uh, it's a good job. And I know there's a video out, right, on that yes. one, the gun. Tell us about the video and the, the making of the video. Yeah, so um, things all kind of fell into place. Vicente Cordello, Cordero, he, um, he's worked with Mark before. He's worked with a lot of Cleopatra artists. And he kind of came through at the very last minute because we were going to shoot it ourselves or have like a friend of ours shoot it. And uh, you know, he reached out to us just to say, hey, how are you guys doing? Merry Christmas. And uh, he kind of jumped on at the very last minute and said, I would love I would love to shoot this video. We sent him the song. He loved the song. Um, uh, I have a friend who works at uh, Media City Studios where we shot it. We mm -hmm. went and scoped out these locations because, again, I wanted this kind of Blade Runner film noir kind of look to it. So it has a retro futuristic kind of space age look to it we shot it on multiple sets at media city studios and also at the last minute i came up with the idea of hey you know why don't we call up a few of our friends and see if they'd like to join us so at the very like i want to say like a day or two before we had john siren who's in imx and frontline assembly he was like yeah i love the song i'll come drum 
Um, Matthew Setzer of Skinny Puppy, uh, he showed up the day of, um, and it all just kind of came together, you know, because Mark said, you know what, why don't I be in the video and play guitar? And that's how we kind of came up with all these ideas at the very last minute. I like it. Um, the song is great. I love playing the song. It's a really good song. Thank and you. I, I, I love it when you have the gun. And you Thanks. <laughs> you <gotta laughs> that was Vicente's <laughs> doing. Uh, the last um, music video that we did, did there was a reference to the gun where it's just shadow play. And, you know, you don't know if there is a killer, or if there isn't. And you're not really the whole idea is that you're not sure what's happening. If she invited the killer or not sure. And uh, this music video is actually a reference to kind of like an, a, an abusive, tumultuous relationship where, you know, your love is like the gun, which is not, it's not meant to glorify the gun or to romanticize the gun, but to make a point that it's, it's a negative um, that's a part point. of a mm -hmm. relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really like the song. Yeah. Is that when I first heard the song, I went, Oh, it really hit me. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate oh. that so much. Yeah. Now, um, are you going to be releasing another single or, or a forthcoming album in the future? Yes. So uh, we're in talks with Cleopatra right now. Mm -hmm. We're freaking things out. We have another single coming up that's kind of a secret. Um, but prior to that, we'll be putting out uh, some remixes of the gun. So we're going to have like a remix oh, okay. compilation um, featuring bands like Imperative Reaction and Angel Spit, Spank oh. the Nun. Um, and Baby Magic of the band Hex. And uh, so that has has not, that's an exclusive here where- oh, um, Thank you. <laughs> yes, so I haven't talked about that yet, but that's gonna be the next thing that's coming out. Um, yes, and we have another single after that that's kind of a secret, but it will be premiered maybe on stage at Dallas Fetish Ball, which is oh. um, my next big show in a couple of weeks uh yeah and we are talking about an album so that should be coming up pretty soon uh, i'm looking for I, I i know there's an album brewing i just know there is so yeah <laughs> <laughs> now yeah I, so we're working on that right now so so the dallas fetish ball is on february 1819 1819 yep okay and um and then and then you, you have other events coming up besides that isn't there another one in la yes uh, I'm doing Phantasmagoria with Danny Devine, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I should have my list up here, to be oh, honest. Nice, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I have it, but I, I don't know. If, uh, I don't want to say anything if it's, if it's not, if I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have that coming up um, later in the month as well. Um, I have all of my dates coming up right now. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing Phantasmagoria. I'm doing EBM Day. EBM day. When is that? Yes. I so is. I will tell you right now because we so celebrate EBM day is, is the 24th of February and that's live on Twitch. So everyone can check that out. You, you know, we actually do that here in Hawaii as well. EBM day. I mean, that's oh, yeah. The, yeah. You know, we, I, that does everywhere, right? They, they do EBM. Yeah. Day. Yeah. It's international. Yeah, yeah. It's 242 day. Yeah. yeah, this is before the pandemic, of course. So <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do for that one. It's coming up really soon, actually. Wow. So, so much. I mean, the pandemic has, you know, retarded the 
doing anybody from doing anything but um over here in hawaii but i'm hoping we can go back into the clubs and start doing start putting out events again yeah i hope so too it's slowly coming back uh it's been hard because of omicron and you know i've i've been really hesitant in traveling and i've been really trying to pick and choose what it is that i do and i understand that for attendees it's the same thing you Mm -hmm. know Uh, A lot of our friends who feel the most comfortable are people who have already had, you know, the most recent strain of COVID. Um, You know, I'm vaccinated and and double, triple boosted. Um, And luckily, I have not had COVID at all um, over these past couple of years, which also kind of makes it scary because I do feel like any time I go out is that chance you know, so I, I, I completely understand what everyone is going through. There's a lot of fear, you know, but yeah, at the same time, you need to live as well. And, and yeah, people true. miss being with one another. I know. I totally I, I totally miss concerts and everything like that. Yeah. So I'm so glad you're you're doing it anyway, going out there and performing and, you know, um, keeping the scene going, you know, trying, and- trying, because I want people to be safe as well. So it's it's hard hard yeah so if, if anybody wanted to check out your um your your website ashleybad.com yep ashleybad.com and of course the the singles are out in cleopatra records if anybody's interested in that as well yes yeah yep. all the information that you need is on ashleybad.com but of course you can find me at miss ashley bad on instagram and on facebook uh youtube you name it i try to be everywhere <laughs> hard work that's good well you know anything else you want to you want to announce or anything uh, we missed uh i think that's it yeah i just i have dallas fetish ball coming up ebm day uh also uh the lords of acid lords of acid tour which is going to be rescheduled yeah so we are pretty much up to date phantasmagoria is going to be in la um, like I said, Dallas Fetish Ball is in Texas. So that's the next few things that are coming up for me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there'll be more coming up. You just have to you just have to look, check you out on your website. Yeah. Yes. And then you also that's got some, uh, clo- some clothing la- line over there, right? On your website. You have a store. Oh, yeah. I have merch. Uh, I have two T-shirts. Um, if anyone is interested to check them out, um, we donate a small amount of the proceeds, like 10% goes to Planned Parenthood because I care a lot about women's pre- reproductive rights. And I also have um, two cat T-shirts. The line is called Bad Cats. And uh, and we donate 10% of the proceeds to um, TNR and to our local rescue Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank well, you. you know, it's an honor to have you. You know, thank you so much for joining me and being my guest. And uh, thank I, look you. To, I look forward to seeing you again, seeing you and Mark. And uh, congratulations with the singles. And I'm looking forward to the album. Thank you so much. And hopefully we will make it over to Hawaii at some point soon. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. But we'll talk about that right after I, 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 I turn this off and then we'll talk a little bit more. Okay. All right. Awesome. Ashley Thank Bad. you so much. Thank you.